With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What it is, what it do. Cyber world. It is your girl, the one, the only. Ash said it. Ash said it.com. Ash said it.com. Welcome to the Ash said it daily podcast show. I appreciate you guys for all of your love and support. Over 1600 episodes and half a million streams worldwide. None of this would be possible without you guys, so I thank you so very, very much. And yes, we are in springtime. Spring is in the air. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) There's still a lot going on. We're still getting used to our new normal here. So today, I've got with me former, former Deputy Coroner. And, you know, she's got this wonderful insight about this career of being a coroner and all these different mysterious things of the profession. And now she can put another title on there for her as author, the wonderful Donna Frankfurt. Donna Frankart. I am going to be good with my words today, Donna. I promise you this. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Donna. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Donna. So where in the world are you today, Donna? Well, today I am in the lovely state of Missouri, or is it Missouri? Missouri. <laughs> I'm uh, visiting my son and daughter-in-law, and I, my grandson is expected to arrive into this world any day. Oh. However, I am from Wisconsin, but I'm in Missouri. Yes, oh, exciting. Awesome. Yes, well, congratulations for that. Got a little bean on the way. Thank you. <laughs> Love it, love it. Exciting. <laughs> All right. So, Donna, you've had an amazing career. And like I said, Donna's are really special people because my mama's name was Donna Teresa. So, Donna's are always special to me. <laughs> so, um, going back um, on the history of your career and your journey, even before you even started this job, what was your dream career when you were a kid? My dream career had nothing to do with dead bodies. Mm. Uh, (laughs) My my dream career was actually in, I wanted to get into the travel profession. Mm. I actually, to be specific, wanted to be a flight attendant because my mom was born and raised in Ireland. My dad's here from the States, and so uh, they got married. She came over here, and I was raised here. We were in the Midwest. However, however, every other summer, we would spend in Dublin, Ireland. And mm. so I had traveled my blood, and along the way, we'd stop to visit family in New York and go to other countries. But So I always wanted to get into travel, and I did eventually, as an adult, get into the travel profession. Mm-hmm. I did uh, corporate and government travel, and did that for over 30-some years. Mm. And then I was sidelined to my other profession as a deputy coroner, but did continue in the travel field Mm. along with the deputy positions. I was working two jobs. Oh, wow. 
And what was that like for you, just balancing the two worlds? Like, was it like, were you working Monday through Friday, or was it certain days of the week? Oh, yes, I was working, I should say, um, I wouldn't change a thing, but I I worked Monday through Friday, the usual uh, typical hours, 8 to 5, excuse me, actually it really never ended at 5, but Mm -mm. (laughs) Monday through Friday I did the travel, (laughs) right, I did the travel uh, job, and then on a Friday evening, let's say I'd get done at 6 o'clock with my travel job, and then it would give me just enough time to prepare for my position as a deputy coroner. The, my pager was one at 7 o'clock that night, and then many weekends I would be on call until Sunday at 7 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Or I may just do a day, 24-hour period, 12-hour, because it would go in 12-hour shifts. Wow. And, there were, and so that, that went on for week after week, months, years. I There were some weeks or seven out of the seven days that I would work the five days, I'd be on call at seven o'clock, and I get paged out by ten after seven. There's one in particular I'm thinking about. And I kept going nonstop until three o'clock the next afternoon. I was exhausted. Wow. It was it was very exhausting. That's emotionally, lot. physically, mentally. Yes. So if you could pick out yeah. one or two or how many ever come to you what are some things that you feel the average person would never know about the coroner position? That a coroner is the one that is called to the scene. Well, it's called to the scene. So after the police are called, uh, paramedics or first responders, it's right. obvious that this person has expired. The coroner is then called. The body is under the possession of the coroner. The actual uh, location of the scene is under control of the police or law enforcement, and it is considered a crime scene until, as a team, we've ruled out that, gone through the investigation, completed that, and ruled out that there's been any foul play. Mm. So the coroner has control of the body, and when the the coroner gets to the scene, we pronounce the time of death, we will examine the body, draw fluids, for toxicology, whether it's blood, urine, or vitreous. We determine whether there should be an autopsy. We'll also attend autopsies. One thing for sure that I would think the general public doesn't realize is that the coroner, if there's, um, and of course we're called out to all the suspicious, unexpected, or unwitnessed deaths. Mm-hmm. We've got homicides, suicides, car fatalities, drownings, overdoses, many very gruesome and tragic scenes. Mm-hmm. And if a body is has been, um, there's limbs that are no longer attached or whatever has happened to that individual, we need to gather all parts of that body to make sure that it's all that person is all together and taken to the morgue or down for autopsy. So we are hands-on. We're picking up pieces. We're also notifying families, so we're dealing with all of the uh, mm. emotional roller coaster of how people react in learning or finding out that their loved one has um, expired and in some tragic way. Mm-hmm. That that's heavy. That's very heavy. That's a lot heavier than I thought. 
Um, and yeah, wow. Like you're like, I'm learning from you just from you giving that description. I didn't know that there was so much that really went into the corner as far as, cause you hear about it. Like, unfortunately when celebrities pass and they're like, Oh, the coroner's taking the body, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I get, wow. That's, that's a yeah. lot, Donna. That, that really is. Wow. That's a, mm. It's a lot of responsibility because as you say, the coroner is, uh, we're the voice of the dead when they can no longer speak. Mm. So if they've lost their life at the hands of another, it's our job, our responsibility to find what the cause of the death was. And if it was by someone else that we find who did this and mm. that hopefully justice is served. Yeah, so the coroner really is is hand in hand with the with the police in figuring out something. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that is awesome. Okay, yeah. so, so one so one extra question. So now, when you said something, it, it triggered something else for me to ask. So, okay, on average, how how do how do you guys figure out if someone uh, has passed away? How do you figure out time of death? I'll speak for the county that I worked in. Mm-hmm. The time of death would be the moment that the coroner arrives on scene and pronounces the time of death. Oh. Now, that person might have passed away the night before, but it's the time that we would arrive that that time will be documented as the time of death. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. When that the body makes sense. Yes. That makes that makes perfect sense. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Donna, let's talk a little bit about the inspiration to write this book. Where did that come from for you? I was not, or did not uh, hear of ever any debriefing where I was working, so mm-hmm. it wasn't offered. And so, even though the case is gone and you're gone from the scene. Obviously, you still have those memories in your head, mm. and with having two younger sons coming home, you're just heavy with all of this grief and mm. the tragedy and the gruesome scenes that you've witnessed and worked through, and I I didn't want it to affect their lives and to be living in, in a home that was just very, you know, sad and depressing, and yeah. um, so... I needed an outlet. I needed some way of trying to process and compartmentalize all of these cases so I could push them out of my head. They would never go away completely, but I started writing. I thought not so much writing about the actual case and the specifics, but the emotions of how I felt, how the family Mm. felt, how I felt about the scene. And I tried to, like in the book, I tried to walk away with a positive thought. Even though it was a tragedy, the positive thing was that the family was reunited. They, uh, it brought a family together. They are now moving forward. They're going to realize just how precious life is and that Mm -hmm. every moment that we're awake and we're, and we're taking a breath is a gift because there's others that thought that they'd be doing the same and they didn't have that extra minute or day. Yeah. So it, uh. Yes, the writing was my way of coping with all of the all of the death that I was surrounded with. Yeah. Wow, wow. 
Last but certainly not and least. I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please. No, you, no right. you're good. Continue. I can talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I was going to say, and also that with dealing with death, there, you, coroners are, are going to uh, scenes where people have died unexpectedly, right? Mm, right. So a lot of these decedents or people didn't, uh, it was unexpected. So many of them did not realize, that's going to sound funny, but didn't realize that they were dead. And so oh. they just kind of lingered around because they didn't know what to do. Now, I do believe that there's more after death. I do believe that we might leave our bodies behind. There is energy and our souls will mm-hmm. continue on and we transition to whatever else. And so many of those souls would follow me. Mm-hmm. Most of them didn't cross over the threshold into my home, but many of them did attach to me. Uh, they did uh, appear. They did say things. They did do things. And my sons also experienced that as well. Wow. And so the writing also was trying to <laughs> help me to process that as well. Gotcha. So were you able yes. to kind of dispel some of that energy, you know, through the book and, and through life. Like, they're not still bothering you today, are they, Donna? Hopefully not. Actually, yes, they are. Wow. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> but not in a bad way. Not it's just like they're kind of just, they're lingering around kind of thing. You know, they're not bothering you per se. Just, but. Right, right. They're not bothering me. They're just letting me know they're still there. I had, about a month ago, I was in my car, and do you remember the old rotary phones? How yes. they ring, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And so I was in a parking lot, and I was I put the car in, re- uh, in reverse, and I was backing out, and I hear a ring, 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 and I, that's odd. I put the car in park. I looked back in my back seat, even though I knew I'm alone in a car. <laughs> I don't have a rotary phone in my car. And, you know, it was just my, I thought, oh, I'll look anyhow. So I didn't see anything, and I looked forward again, put it back in drive. Move so many feet, the ringing started again. I put it in park again. I look back. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, hello. I don't know who's trying to contact me, but I've got to drive right now. So can we catch up with you later? <laughs> so things like that. that yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Last but, uh, but not least, what ultimately do you want readers to get from this book project? I would love people to read my book and walk. Well, first off, it's, it's, I hope that they feel the emotions. I hope that uh, they walk away thinking, you know, life is precious. Even though I may feel like certain days are just boring, it's repetitive, it's mundane, I'm really going to be thankful for being alive and being here. I'm going to tell my family, my loved ones, I love them. I'm going to look over my elders, take care of them. I'm going to look out that window. I'm going to take a walk and I'm going to embrace the beauty of nature around me. And every minute from the time your date of birth to your date of death, fill that canvas with as much as you can. Leave your footprints for your family, your legacy. Yes. And so that's what I'm hoping people do get out of this. And that there is more, not to fear death, that it can be a beautiful thing and that there's much more. And I do believe your ancestors are there and your loved ones to help you and be together again. 
this is my this is my opinion. These are from experiences of what I've seen, and it's a beautiful thing. Yes, absolutely. Donna Frankhart, thank you so much for visiting with us today. We appreciate you. Kudos on this book. I love it. Um, <laughs> let everyone know the best way, of course, to get the book and to follow you on social media. Yes, thank you. The book is available on Amazon. It's available in um, hardcover, paperback, and e-reader. And we are in the process of having it uh, as audio that has not been completed yet. I do also have a couple of uh, Facebook groups that uh, one of them is Delightful Deputy Donna Dash Crazy with a Small C Corner. I say small C because I'm only a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other <laughs> the other group page is I've Seen Dead People, Diary of a Deputy Corner, and that is to keep people or the public uh, up on what is happening with the, the book has been written to for a screenplay adaptation. There will be a feature film. Ooh. And as a matter of fact, uh, Jeff Holm, who is the director and producer, and he's very well known with many films like The Revenant, Shrek, Titanic, uh, Fifth wow. Element. He is actively speaking with agents for hopefully some A-list actors to fill the major roles. Uh, Gary Rebel is my publisher, and he's also the owner of Jean-Gler Books, film and um and music, and he's the producer, co-producer, and then Frank Burmaster was the scriptwriter, and also um, Gary was the scriptwriter. So I'm excited about that. So if uh, people would like to follow on those pages, I'll keep everyone updated on what's happening there. And also on Instagram, that's uh, delightful, that's delightful Deputy Donna, and then also Twitter is uh, delightful Deputy Donna. Loving that. Wow, you've got a lot of stuff on the horizon, Donna. Keep pushing forward. This is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Those are huge, huge announcements. So, I mean, that only means that you have to come back and talk about the screenplay next time, Donna, when it's when it's time for, for premieres. I, you know, I want my ticket in the mail. <laughs> Anytime. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Donna. Much more success and you know, kudos You're to welcome. you and, and the team and everything that's coming about with this project and how it continues to grow and manifest. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yes, yes. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having oh, me. Thank you so much for being with us. And I appreciate each and every one of you You're guys. Welcome. Thank you so much for your love and support. Keeping in mind, anyone to tell you that you can't do what you want to do. You look them square in the face, you tell them, don't believe me. Just watch. Watch what I do. Watch me make it happen. Watch me make history. That's what we're doing this for, the history books. Social media is nice, but real life is so much better. Until next time, you guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.